0: Hello, this is Pastor Sam Velez, and I'm so glad that you're joining us for our service. We hope you enjoy this message today, that it blesses your life and your families. We love you. We started a series called Counter Culture. And what we're doing is, is we're talking about what does it look like for me and you to respond to what's happening all around us. What's happening uh, with culture. What's happening um, in politics. What's happening with the economy. There's so many things that are happening in our lives. And how do we respond to it? We live in a world that is full of just darkness. We live in a world that's full of hate. We live in a world that's full of death. And how do we respond to that? That's the biggest question. Last week we talked about well, how do we respond to hate? And it's with love. And we talked about what does love actually look like. That love is more than a feeling. Love is truth. It's, it's allowing God to speak to you in a way, even when it doesn't make sense or it doesn't feel good. Love is what's going to save your life. And today I want to talk about light. How me and you counter darkness. It's with light. In the book of John, John mentions Jesus time and time again as light. Jesus himself said, I am the light of the world. And so if you have your Bibles, I want you to go to John chapter 8. We're going to be in several uh, passages today, but this is probably the main one. John 8, 1 through 12. John 8, 1 through 12. It says this. It says, Jesus returned to the Mount of Olives. But early the next morning, he was back again at the temple. A crowd soon gathered and he sat down and taught them. As he was speaking, the teachers of religious law and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in the act of adultery. They put her in front of the crowd. Teacher, they said to Jesus, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. The law of Moses says to stone her. What do you say? They were trying to trap him into saying something they could use against him. But Jesus stooped down and wrote in the dust with his finger. They kept demanding an answer. As he, so he stood up again and said, all right. But let the one who has never sinned throw the first stone. Then he stooped down again and rolled in the dust. When the accusers heard this, they slipped away, but one by one, beginning with the oldest, until only Jesus was left in the middle of the crowd with the woman. And then Jesus stood up again and said to the woman, where are your accusers? Didn't even, one of them cond- that e- didn't even one of them condemn you? No, Lord, she said. And Jesus said, neither do I. Go and sin no more. Jesus spoke to the people once more and said, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. You have the light that leads to life. Jesus, in this situation, the Bible says that there was a crowd of people following Jesus. And then within the crowd, we have the religious people. And then the Bible says that this woman was caught in adultery which was in the dark, and then they finally bring her to light. But when they think that light means that I'm going to shame you, Jesus comes and saves her. See, because that's what light does. Light reveals, but also light transforms. And the problem is that sometimes we get stuck on revealing that we forget there's a transformation that follows. And that's what light does. When me and you are dealing with darkness, it doesn't just have to be with adultery. It could be with any kind of darkness. When we are dealing and we expose it to the light who is Jesus, we find out that there is more hope for me than ever before. We find out that there's an opportunity to change. We find out that there's a chance. There's a moment for me to go from where I was to where God wants me to be. That's what light does. It transforms. If we're not careful we will look at Jesus as the light and be, instead of going to the light for my help, I'm going to keep going away from the light because I'm ashamed of the darkness that I have. But Jesus says, no, no, come. In fact, the Bible says in the book of Hebrews that, that to come just as we are to the throne. To come just as we are. Don't come with the perfect you, with the fake you, the, the, the you that you wish you could be. No, Jesus said, come just as you are. Just as you are. That's what he wants, just as you are. And that's what we're talking about today. That light, that that we would be able to light the way, because here's the thing about light. Light's like like a coin. On one side, light is for the revealing of ourselves. On the other side, it's light for us to shine for other people. As when you give your life to Jesus, you get the light and it reveals and you repent and you give your life to God. But then the other side of the coin is that I also have a light that needs to shine for everybody else. In fact, if you have your Bible, I want you to go to Matthew chapter 5, verse 14. Matthew 5, 14 says this. You are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. You are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. Jesus was telling the people, hey, not only am I the light, but the light that you carry is supposed to be for everybody else. Not only is it personal, it has to be public. In fact, Jesus says this in John chapter 1, 1 through 5. John 1, 1 through 5 says this. In the beginning, the word already existed. The word was with God and the word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through him. (coughs) COVID. Just kidding. God created everything through him, (laughs) him and nothing was created except through him. The word gave life to everything that was created and his life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness can never extinguish it. The darkness can never extinguish it. There's, have you th- think about it? No matter how dark a room can be, the moment that some sort of light comes in, there has to be a shining thing. The, no- the darkness in itself cannot extinguish it. How much more Christ? So how do we counter darkness? How, what does that look like to live with light? We have to be people, the church, we have to understand, we have to learn to listen. We have to be able to listen, we have to be able to learn, we have to be able to live. We have to be able to listen. Because if I can listen to Jesus, if I can listen to God's teaching, if I can be committed to, to the word of God, I'll also be committed to living for God. If I can just stay committed to listening. And I mean, what I mean listening, I mean, I'm listening to learn. I'm listening to receive. I'm listening because I want transformation to happen. Because there's, we could hear, but hearing is different from listening. It's kind of like when you're in a car and sometimes there's a group of people and everyone's talking, but you're phasing them out and you're just driving. You're tuning them out. You can hear them, but you're not really listening to them. I catch myself doing that all the time, and I shouldn't. I get in trouble. So, But we we get to a place sometimes, church, where we are good at hearing. Because the Bible does talk about it. The Bible says in Romans, we hear it. Come, faith comes by hearing, hearing the word of God. So hearing is good. Hearing is me and you. When I hear, I'm able to catch something. But when I listen, I keep it. You understand what I'm saying? When I hear the word of God, and when I hear what God has to say, I'm able to catch it. I'm, it's, I'm able to receive it. But when I listen to what God's really trying to tell me, I keep it. I let it take root. I let it live in me long enough that I'm able to produce something with it. I'm able to produce transformation. Things change in my life because I'm no longer just someone that wants to hear the word of God. I'm someone that needs to listen to the word of God. The moment that me and you started behaving was when we started listening to our parents. When we started listening to coaches, when we started listening, there was a difference from just hearing to now I'm listening. In fact, 3 John, the, there's, there's three books, right? 1 John, Second John, Third John. 3 John, John 1.4 says this. I could have no greater joy than to hear that my children are following the truth. In other words, it pleases God when me and you listen to what he has to say. Notice when I read this passage earlier, the Bible says that there was a crowd of people going to hear Jesus. And within the crowd of people, there was religious people. That were going to hear Jesus, but what was going on? They were going to hear Jesus, but they didn't hear, they didn't listen to him. So what happened? They got what was the law and they tried to trap Jesus into throwing this girl to get killed because in the law, the Jewish law in that time, adultery meant death. That means that they would put you, whether it was in a hole, or they would dig you up to here like you couldn't get out and literally people were throwing rocks at you till you died that's how it was and that was the expectation for this girl that they were going to go and they were going to kill her and no no one's going to say anything about it because that's the rule imagine that now for any little thing that we do we die and then Jesus comes to the picture. And he's like, "Okay, you guys want to come and you want to hear what I have to say? Perfect. Let me tell you how it is." And then he—he he, and I love Jesus. Jesus, Jesus is like a G. He's like, "Okay, cool. Uh, whoever has not sinned, you can throw the first stone." And everyone's like, "Oh well, uh, I don't know what to say. I, I sinned like two minutes ago." You know, like they're like mind boggled. So then they, the Bible says they all throw their stones down and they leave. And here's the truth. Now this is the truth. The truth wasn't them dropping the rocks. The truth wasn't them. Oh Jesus, that was not the truth. Okay, th- I don't. I, I sin, so I, I can't throw the. No, the truth was this. Here's the truth. He said, "Woman, where are your accusers?" She says, "They're all gone." Good. He says, "Go and sin no more." That was the truth the truth was Jesus said, I'm forgiving you. Now go and live a new life. Stop with the darkness. It doesn't have to happen. You already have the light right there. That's what it is. You see the difference when I'm just hearing, but then when I take time to to listen? So many of us, Maybe the reason why we're having a hard time with darkness in our life is because we haven't taken the time to simply listen. Sometimes our greatest enemies are not even people or things. It's our thoughts. Our thoughts are our greatest battles that we face. And our thoughts keep us in the dark. And our thoughts keep us prisoners to what's happening. Instead of us releasing them to God. Because if we are released it to God and listen to what he had to say, we would realize, oh my gosh, there's a light for me too. There's a light that I have. And when me and you learn to stay committed to listening to God and to what God has to say, then we're able to learn. With what God has to say, I get to listen because I get to keep the truth of God, but I also get to learn so I can live the truth of God. And learning is another thing. We learn every day, we're never gonna stop learning. If you are committed to growing in your life, you will always find a way to learn. There's a lot to learn in this world. We haven't arrived yet, nobody has. There's a lot to learn and the only way that me and you can learn is with proximity. The only way me and you can learn from Christ is through proximity. The only way that me and you can shine our light for others is through proximity. Remember, it's two it's two sides of the same coin. I get I learn from Christ and light comes, but I also learn from Christ so that I could shine light for somebody else that doesn't have the truth. And it's both through proximity. You know what that means? When it comes to me shining for somebody else, that God—the way God sees it—is not about crowds. It's actually about conversations one-on-one. It's not about stages. Sometimes it's about coffee shops. Sometimes it's restaurants. Sometimes it's about phone calls. Do we need to come together? Of course we do. The Bible says in Hebrews it talks about being committed to the house of God, coming every Sunday. That's like a biblical thing. It's not a made-up thing. But really, really, there's a side to it that needs proximity with one-on-one. A lot of life change for me personally came through one-on-one. I have a pastor that I just talked to this past week. I have a pastor that we talk to every other month. He's come and preached in our pursuit conferences like a million trillion times and camps. He has a church in Orlando. But he's been my pastor since I left Laredo. I was 18 years old. He's known since I was 18. I'm 33 now. But he's someone that I've allowed to speak into my life when I can't see beyond me. And he'll point things out to me. And I've given him that. I, I, I give him that permission to speak into me. And he'll tell me things sometimes, remember we talked about last week about love. He'll tell me things that sometimes I don't want to hear, but he tells it to me because he loves me. You have to ask yourself, do you have people like that in your life where you can be one-on-one with? And they could speak into your life where you don't have pride, but you're more like, okay, just tell me like it is. You don't got to sugarcoat it. No, I I need you to tell me like it is. That's what we need sometimes. And we also need the proximity of our, our Lord. Being close to Jesus. Being close to him looks like prayer. Being close to him is making time with him. Being close to him is doing these things because I get to listen to him. Which then changes the way I live. And then when the the way I live changes, it speaks to other people out there. And then they're like, man, I need to get what they have. Because how is it that they're always happy? And this world is just getting crazier and crazier. It's because of Jesus. Because of Christ. I want to read to you something that's very interesting. Jeremiah writes this in Jeremiah chapter 18, 1 through 4. I love this illustration because it has a lot to do with humanity. It says, the Lord, gave, the Lord gave another message to Jeremiah. He said, go down to the potter's shop and I will speak to you there. So I did as he told me and found the potter working at his wheel. But the jar he was making did not turn out as he had hoped. So he crushed it into a, a lump of clay again and started over. It stops there. The Bible says that God is speaking to Jeremiah. And he's using this. The man's built, creating something with his hands. And this was a way to, it was a way to describe God as the potter and we are the clay. And the reason why I bring up this, this illustration is this, is that when me and you are committed to being in proximity, to being close to Jesus, can I tell you something? something? The best way to experience what God has is to yield to God's hands, to yield to God's designs, and to yield to God's process. It's to submit myself to the hand of God. Because my life is better in God's hands than my hands. And transformation happens when the hand of God works in my life. When God starts to mold me in and take things out. When I give God the permission, because God's not going to force himself. There's nothing that I could do or you could do. God will give you the right, the the choice to make those, those decisions. But when I choose to say, God, do what you will in my life. That's where change happens. That's when light comes in. That's when transformation. That's when the healing comes. That's when the freedom comes. That's why we can have miracles and we can experience God setting people free because I'm submitted to God. I'm saying, God, do what you need to do. God, I'm putting my faith in you so that I can experience the miracles so that I could experience the freedom. Me and you were never created to be bound our whole life. I need you to know that. Me and you were not created to suffer our whole life. Will there be times of suffering we talked about last week? Yes. But Jesus himself said, I have overcome the world. Remember, suffering can happen to your life, but suffering does not have to happen forever. It doesn't have to have you. I think we make the mistake and we always want to cope with it instead of speaking against it, instead of overcoming it. We just try to live with it. And thats you were never created to live with that. Jesus died on the cross so that you could be free, church. Free. Free indeed. So I might as well walk with him. My faith is meant to be walked out every single day. My, with my decisions, with my thoughts. But Preacher Jay, we call him Preacher Jay. Just, if you want to call him, call him Preacher Jay. But Jay, God has used him in miraculous ways. He has an amazing testimony of Nigeria because Nigeria is very different. Um, there's a lot of oppression. There's a lot of things that happen in Nigeria. Um, God has used him and he does massive crusades. When I mean massive, that guy will preach to like 50,000 people in a field, 40,000, 20,000. God took him out of a small little village and God is using him all over the world. And uh, he's probably going to share his testimony, but it's one like we're talking about today where me and you are, are you when I'm submitting to God and I'm allowing God to work in my life, and look what God does through me. I'll never forget when God used him when I was living in Pittsburgh. That's one of the testimonies, I've mentioned this before, where a lady was in a wheelchair for 20 years, and she stood up and walked right in front of my face. As with Preacher, preacher Jay. Amen. I was telling my, actually I told my brother last night that same story. I'm telling you, there's a difference in your life, church. I'm being honest. Something changes when you submit to God. You can't be the same. And you won't experience the same things. Seeing that, church, boosted my faith. Because I, rem- I remember, because I helped that lady get in. I remember seeing that lady. And I remember when Preacher Jay was grabbing her by the arms, I said, oh, Lord. My faith was a little small that night. I was like, oh, Lord. Am I going to have to go and get her? You know, I was like ready, you know. But (laughs) it's something that I can't explain. We've seen miracle after miracle, even in this last couple of months here in our church. Our last prayer service, we talked about it last time. This woman got healed in our prayer service. We have prayer services. And, I mean, you have to understand, church, when when, when the present, when you yield to the Lord, expect God to do miracles in your life. Expect God to transform you. Expect God to set you free. There is an expectation that should be attached to your faith. And that can only happen when God puts the light in you. And darkness has to go. Darkness may look like doubt for some of you. To be honest, it could be doubt. Darkness might look like discouragement to you. And discouragement has been the one thing that's kept you from moving forward in God. That could be the issue. But whatever it is, I'm here to let you know, let's counter that with light. Let's counter that with light. But when you allow, like I said, like a clay, when God begins to form you, you begin to become something that you thought you would never become. That's only when Christ comes. This woman started as an adulterer, but now walks as a daughter in Kai, She looked, she walked in as someone looked down upon someone, a sinner, dirty, whatever you want to call her. But she walks out somebody else. That's what happens when the power of God comes. That's what happens when light comes. And now what? The other side of the coin is this. We keep reading about her all these years later. We're still talking about her today. Thousands of years later, we're still talking about her. You have to understand something, church. Transformation isn't just for you. It's for those after you as well. For your family, your, your sons and your daughters, when they get older, they're going you. You're you're you have a story to tell that says, "Man, I was like this, but when God came, something else happened." That's why our house is blessed. That's why our kids are. You know, you begin to name all these things. Why? Because transformation. Last thing is this: is that light is not just by listening. It's not just. By learning, it's also like we just said by living. Jesus said in the in Matthew chapter five, he said, "A city on a hill, you're like a city on a hill. That, that light cannot like a city hill that cannot be hidden. You're light. You are the light of the world," he said. A city hill cannot be hidden. He says that time and time again. Because to extinguish darkness is the other side of the coin. It's by our life. It's by the way we live. That's why I'm always telling you every Sunday, I, I can't think like everybody else and I can't talk like everybody else. When everybody else is panicking, I'm not panicking because I have the word of God in me. And the word of God has a different story. Everybody's panicking about inflation. I'm not panicking about inflation. My, my God says in the book of Philippians that he shall supply all of my needs. I'm not panicking like everybody else. When you are a son or a daughter, you have to come to this mentality that you don't have to panic. I, I, I can't allow you To live your life from a place of defeat every single time. No, no, you have to remind yourself that I come from a place of victory. We preach the Word of God from a place of victory. There is no defeat. The only defeated foe in this Bible is the devil. That's the only defeated foe. And when you live your life from a place of victory, people notice. And some people will want what you have, and some people will think you're dumb and crazy regardless the bible says i live to only paul said it best he says i don't really care i live to please one person that's the only one that i live to please because at the end of the day when i die it's me before god when me and you die it's just me it's us before god so why care now when at the end of the day it's not even going to matter why worry now when at the end of the day that's not going to matter it's how we lived this this girl I love the story because Jesus tells her go and sin no more and her life causes the transformation forever and not only that but it changes the perspective of the disciples it changes the people that were there to live better to respond better cuz so you know what church sometimes um we are very good at reacting but we don't know how to respond reacting and responding are different things reacting is more than an impulse It's a reaction. I'm reacting. It's an impulse. But response takes time. And it also takes wisdom. Reacting would have been like I said last week. If I say something about the Bible and it offends someone, reacting is someone wanting to cancel me and then I write back to them on social media and do a a six-page paper on it. That's me reacting. Responding is... Not answering them sometimes. Responding is sometimes. Not sometimes, all the time, loving them. There was this pastor in Oregon. I'm going to end with this. Oregon is, is not Texas and it's not Florida. I mean, let's just put it that way. Um, and he was having a, a service. And a group of, of Antifa came to his service. And they were trying to disrupt... They were out there protesting and all this stuff. Not Antifa, yeah, Antifa or BLM, one of those. I don't remember. Whoever it is, they, they were out there protesting, whatever they were going. And that pastor, he goes out of the church and he's like a 6'4, he's like a 300. He looks like a lineman, an NFL lineman. I met him in Florida. He's like, he's huge. So he comes out, and then you could he was saying that you could tell, like everyone was like, Oh, it's about to go down in the church, you know, like they thought he was gonna fight him. But he said that 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 the Lord almost like he felt like the Holy Spirit he said compelled them, he said, I want you to go and hug him. So the first guy he saw, he goes and he grabs him. And he says that at first the guy was like, What? you know, like cussing at him. But then after a while, that the guy as he's hugging him, he's, he starts praying for him, and then he starts speaking in tongues. And then he says that the guy drops, like he just drops, and he got scared, and he, he picked him up. And when the guy got up, he was like, "He was like, what's what's going on? Where am I?" He didn't even know where he was. He got delivered that day. That's what happened. He didn't know what was going on, but he got delivered. But he said, I responded because he said, my flesh wanted to react. He said, I wanted to react. If I, he's like, if I could do certain things, I would have done it. But he said, the Lord, almost like he spoke, he checked them in his spirit. He says, I just went and I grabbed them. And then he says, after that, he leads that, that boy to the Lord. And then everybody just leaves. That's what I mean when light comes in and it changes how we live for others. It's a light that shines even in the darkest places like Oregon. We, not, we may not be living in Oregon or Portland or California or all those places. We might not live there, but there's still darkness here that Jesus wants to extinguish from your life. There's still things here. Because although Jesus delivers us from darkness, we still have to deal with the presence of darkness. And that's why we're talking about this today. But my, my desire is that we would experience the light like an era before this year. I really do believe when I said it several weeks ago, that 2023 is going to be the year of fulfillment your eyes are going to see the things that you've been praying for you're going to experience everything that god has for you everything i believe that for your life so much that's why i've been committed to those paranoid that's why i've been committed to laying hands on you when i can that's why i'm so big because i believe that that is what god's gonna do he's gonna do something fresh for you thank you so much for joining our service and for listening to us we are located at 4519 east delmar boulevard in laredo texas and we hope that you continue to be a part of our icm family